Hello, church. This is Austin Rovizzini with the Coast City Church Podcast. On this podcast, you will find content ranging from extended commentary on topics we are focusing on in our sermons, biblical literacy teachings, spontaneous encouragement from Pastor Doug, and interviews with guest musicians and speakers. Our goal with this podcast is to provide you an additional resource you can access throughout your week. Our hope is that this content will deepen your relationship with Christ. We hope you enjoy. In this episode, Pastor Doug and I discuss one of the three elements of our spiritual formation core, taking inventory. This will be a multiple part series as we flesh out each of our spiritual formation core elements, taking inventory, planting seeds, and believing the best. I hope you enjoy. So I'm sitting here with Pastor Doug, and we are coming back to the theme of taking inventory, which is really the first section of three when it comes to spiritual formation. So um, we did a small overview of this topic, and now we're going to dive a little bit deeper. So Pastor Doug, tell me, when we talk about taking inventory, what are your mm-hmm. some, some of your initial thoughts and, and some scriptures that you would point us to when we're talking about this? Yeah. Well, I've, I've noticed, like in our lives, our spiritual lives, our walks with Christ, in the world that we live in, after taking tons of missions trips and being around the world, I find that it's much easier for someone that's not comfortable to rely and trust God. But, but for those of us that are comfortable in life, that have been given pretty much what we need and our physical needs are taken care of, it's harder for us to recognize our spiritual needs. And so this is a huge topic that I, I like to talk about often because we get so out of balance. Even if our physical needs are handled, we've got a good job, we have enough food in the cupboards and, and we have clothes on our back and the physical things are taken care of, we end up being really spiritually poor. So the challenge in life is taking inventory and figuring out how, how inevitable and how passionately we need God. Like, we have to. Uh, otherwise, we can have all the stuff in the world and it, it just not mean anything. And mm-hmm. I love what it says in Romans where, you know, the writer kind of specifically points towards not thinking too highly of ourselves. And I think when we have all of our physical needs handled and taken care of, we think highly of ourselves. Like, look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. Look what I have in my hands to take care of myself. And yet, all of those things they've proven actually create more anxiety, more stress. It's not like it lessens the weight of life. It actually creates more. So the writer, you know, writes it like this. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So when, when I hear sober judgment, um, that's like I hear with a, a sense of reality. I don't know what you hear on that, but I, I definitely hear like a sense of reality. And, and looking at our mental lives, our emotional lives, 
and, and looking at the health of those things. And I think when you put your whole life together, your physical needs, your emotional needs, your spiritual needs, you start putting it all together, you realize, man, probably the last one on the totem pole that means the, the least is our physical needs. Because when our spiritual needs and our emotional needs are met, we tend to live out a really good physical life. And, uh, but in our culture, we go the opposite direction. We try to go physical and, oh yeah, I need to go to church. I need spiritual health. Oh yeah, I need to be emotionally healthy. That's why counselors, you know, and mental health facilities are overrun right now Mm -hmm. because there's so many people that have everything they need. And now there's this crazy realization that my need for health in my mind, my emotions, and in my spirit is so huge and people are searching. Mm -hmm. So I think for all of us to start at a place where we just go, holy cow, this starts with me recognizing my need for God. Is there any practical ways that like anybody could do that? Like how do you access that as yeah. just like a normal person day to day? What does that look like? And mm-hmm. Well, I think th- there's a couple of different things that we can do. Um, number one, it's just stopping and being in awe of the creator, getting to that place spiritually where we stop and we recognize God for who he is. And, and that sounds, you know, I don't know. It sounds crazy to some people. But understanding that there's something so much more powerful out there than me and my ability to create. But the creator of the universe is here and he's available to us. And, and I think we can start discovering our need for him by doing simple things. Like um, beginning to research ourselves, understanding who we are. Like like the Enneagram test. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what, who you, what you are on? Yeah, I'm a six. Are you? Yeah. Um, Loyalist. I'll, I'll tell you what I am at some point, but I'll let you guess first. Sure. But, um, I think those kinds of things are interesting. I don't think they hold the weight of the world like they're not perfect. Right. Um, but they do begin to help us get a little peek into our needs. Mm-hmm. Some of us have a huge need for affirmation. Some of us have a huge need for physical you know, touch. Mm-hmm. And I think really discovering who we are there's all kinds of things out there there's Mm -hmm. strength finders Mm -hmm. you know disc tests there's a million of them out there that are called personality profiles but I think the Enneagram on the spiritual side is really good Mm -hmm. for us to look at but I also think it's good to look at to stop and look at changed lives people that have experienced God and the the Bible teaches us something really cool it says that it says that um we grow in another version it says that the enemy is pushed back or overcome by the word by our life story Mm -hmm. so when we hear or we speak our life story there's power in that Mm -hmm. and i think for all of us when we hear or we talk about what god has done in our lives or we hear what god has done in someone else's life it's very compelling to us Mm -hmm. and it helps us to be compelled. So a lot of it has to do with even what we're listening to, what we're, what we're allowing into our senses Mm -hmm. that influence us. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on, on, that's a good question for you as well. You know, Austin on, in terms of, you know, taking inventory, how do you, how do you do that? Yeah, I was going (laughs) to 
remind me to ask you why you think it's important to take inventory. Yeah. Uh, we'll come back to that in a okay. second. I, I think that, you know, Christianity has given me the, um, you know, really what that means when I say Christianity is just a relationship with Jesus has given me the freedom to really explore who I am. Mm-hmm. And in my experience, I came to know Christ in college. And so I was surrounded by a, a bunch of people who was searching to find not only God, but who they were. Like, who, who am I? And God has consistently brought forward this idea that it's safe here to explore who you are, like wh- where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. Like despite, you know, whether, you know, whatever the world might say of that or others might think of it, but, but basically to say, like, take a true honest look or inventory of where I'm at and who I am as a person. And so I think that for me, it started with just, you know, cr- having a, a community of people where, you know, I could really be open and vulnerable and, and that was with, you know, friends and then, you know, coming before God really bare and open with where I was and, and um, you know, actually for me, um, I was in therapy, uh, mm. which, you know, again, was my part of my own journey, but sure. like really soon after coming to know Christ because um, I had deep father wounds that I wanted to sort of address and that gave me sort of time to process and think through those things and certainly that's not for everybody but that was just my experience and so as time has moved forward um, I've continued continued to to read and feel comfortable enough in the context of of Christianity to really just explore and I think that as I explore I've been able to see you know where I could spend more time sort of coming through different you know wounds or or wanting to you know just just spend more time with God on, on, you know, whatever it might be. So, but I could go on and on. Mm-hmm. That's good though. I think it's really good. You just, like you did some of what I was just talking about. When we get into our story mm-hmm. and we start sharing our personal experience, it compels us yeah. and it reminds us. James talks about it. You were going to ask me the question, why mm-hmm. take inventory? Why is that so important? Well, if we don't know our reality, we'll never know our possibility. Yeah. Right? And so we start with our reality, which the Bible uses a really cool word, and that word is truth. Mm-hmm. Until we get down to the truth, which is our reality, mm-hmm. we'll never get to God's possibility in our lives. And James, I, lo- I always love James. He's, he's so straightforward. He goes, but yeah, he goes, yeah, you're like a guy that looks in the mirror, and then you walk away and forget what you look like. Right. And I think the culture we live in America, we do that every day. We know who we are. Like there's something in us that knows the reality of who we are. And we look in the mirror, we get ourselves ready. We prop ourselves up for the day. People around us kind of prop ourselves, you know, prop us up. And then we try to walk through the day and, and on our own strength. And that's where the mistake is made. It's not. It's not that God doesn't encourage us, not that he doesn't see the greatness in us. It's that without him, we'll never be who we could be. Mm -hmm. So we constantly are trying to do it on our own. And when we take inventory, you know, it's like when you're in a store and someone that owns a retail store, they take inventory and they go, hey, I'm low on this. I need to buy more of this product. Mm -hmm. We need this on our shelves. When we take inventory in our lives, we realize, shoot, my emotional quotient is really low right now. I need to invest in this. I need I need God to help me strengthen this area of my life. I've gotten 
something as simple as I man I'm eating too much I'm I'm a glutton you know I've gotten overweight God I need your help on this but until we say those words you know I, I like to use the word hope quotient our HQ I think that's actually the most important part if our hope quotient is low and we find ourselves in a place of depression or anxiety we've got to get around people that encourage us and help us see the possibilities and not the bad but unless you take inventory you don't never you don't know that those things are low in your lives and you, and you can't figure it out and you're just trying to deal with the circumstances and you're trying to deal with um the outcome rather than the root of what's going on in our lives and so i think for all of us taking inventory helps us to recognize our need for a savior um, for a god that when we when we recognize that need it just changes our whole outlook on life and like i said earlier in this podcast i remember a lady in South Africa, right outside of Soweto. And she started a church in, in a dump. And I was so like, whoa, you know, what a dark place. But she started a church inside of a dump yard where everybody would show up. People le- lived at the dump. They were living off the garbage of everyone else's life. Sure. And I remember thinking, this is the most desolate thing I've ever seen. And she smiled because she saw the like hopelessness in my eyes for these people. She kind of smiled and she said, hey, her name was Agnes. And she said, I want you to come to church and preach on Sunday. And I said, well, where? She goes, we set up tents right here. Smelled awful. There were just wild dogs everywhere. It was crazy. And, and she said, I think you'll be surprised. So I got there on Sunday morning and it was the happiest place I've ever been in my life. Mm. And I'm like, God, I'm in the middle of a dump outside of Soweto, South Africa. This is right after apartheid had just ended. And I'm sitting in a position with the happiest people I've ever met in my life. And they have nothing, they have less than nothing. They're living off someone else's garbage. And it was, it came down to just a situation of massively overpopulated areas and mm-hmm. they just didn't couldn't even create enough food for everybody mm-hmm. yet because of their recognition of, of their need for God and he he took care of everything for them and they were content they were happy um, and yet they had no physical needs met and that's why I think in California America North County San Diego our biggest challenge is getting to that pure place where those people that lived in the dump, if we could get our minds there, we would live such a happy life. Because not only do we have everything that we need physically, if we could get to the place of recognizing our need for God the way they did and the trust they put in God, imagine what would happen in our lives, the possibilities, if we could just get to the reality. So now that we've sort of laid the foundation of taking inventory and and how important that is and recognizing sort of who we are before God and recognizing that we need God, 
Um, what's the next steps after that? Yeah. And I think for all of us, and I don't think this, I know this, like this is, there's nothing probably more important than this. When we get to a place where we recognize our need for him, is to begin to mine and understand his love for us. Um, because his love for us is so deep and so wide, the Bible says, that it's hard to even comprehend how incredibly profound his love is because it's unconditional. Mm. And I don't know that, do you, do you think we understand unconditional? Like, the thing is hard. For it's sure. really hard. His love is actually unconditional. And most of what we know is conditional mm-hmm. based on performance or whatever. His love is absolutely 100% unconditional. We can't perform enough to receive it. We can't do enough to earn it. He just loves us. And I think we see that all throughout the Bible in just amazing ways. And one of the most profound ways to see his love was to, was to watch how he hung on a cross in crazy pain and he looked at a man next to him who who was a criminal straight up criminal and he looked at that guy who was had a repentant attitude which is a key part of this right Mm -hmm. that spiritual formation we'll come back to that but recognize his need for God's love and he asked for it and Jesus showered it on him like boom he just Mm -hmm. said I'll see you in heaven I love you you're, I've got you. Your your sins are forgiven. Mm. And when we recognize our ability, or, or not our ability, but His ability to love us, to the, He loves us so much that He forgets what we've done wrong. Is it crazy to even think God knows the secret thoughts? He knows everything we do and think, and He loves us anyway. That to me is mind-boggling. Because I don't know that I even want to know everything my boys right. are thinking. <laughs> do you, what do you think? I mean, it's, be, it's beautiful. It's obviously one of the most, to me, it's the, the compulsion to follow Jesus mm-hmm. is that deep love. Why do you think that that is sort of the next step after taking inventory? And part of me, you know, understands and, and wants others to understand that taking inventory is something that's continuing, continuing, that happens continuously throughout right. your journey with Christ. And certainly this love, this unconditional love is continuous as well. Um, but just, you know, to sort of think about it in a logical way or w- why do you feel like this is that next step, mm-hmm. this love for God? And why do you view it as being so crucial in, in mm-hmm. this? Well, because I think it's a, it's a, it's a circle that happens in life. It's like the, the circle of life, but, um, we are as humans have a need for love we have a need to be loved and a need to love we all have that at a certain level in our lives why we have that I'm not exactly sure why that's a, actually a really good question God built us that way we need love we need it and there's something in us that only he can fill mm-hmm. there's a love there's a need for a deep unconditional love that literally only God can fill. My money, my bank account can't fill it. My friends can't fill it. My wife can't fill it. He has to become our source, our primary source. Um, Why? 
is that the case? That was your question. Or just why is that so important? Do you see as like being, you know, cause coming out of thinking about, you know, man, I need God. Mm-hmm. You know, this idea of recognizing that he loves me unconditionally. Like how, why is that so important? Because it, it'll, it, without, without receiving his love, there's that, there'll be a missing link in our entire lives. We can do everything else right, but without receiving his love, we don't live up to what we could be when it comes to loving people and, and becoming who he's called us to be. That, that It's like a key that unlocks so much in our lives. And um, when we receive his love, our whole perspective changes. Our view of life and people, circumstances. When we receive unconditional love, it changes our confidence. It gives us the ability to trust. It does all kinds of stuff inside of us that there's no other way it can happen. Mm. I think a really good father and a child relationship, you see some of that, a picture Mm -hmm. of it. And that's, I think that's why the Bible talks about God the Father is when you see a great child and father relationship, you see the beginning stages of what that unconditional love looks like where a dad or a mom will do anything for that child mm-hmm. and that child has confidence because he knows that his his mom and his dad loves him or her unconditionally mm-hmm. and i think that's a that's a beginning picture that doesn't even start basically the view of unconditional father god love mm-hmm. in our lives and through broken families and so much brokenness in the world that we live in today, the, des- the need for the love of God the Father is so heightened that, again, it's hard to understand. It's hard to even consume. It's hard to receive because we live in a culture that we have 50% broken families. Mm-hmm. So most of us, a lot of us in this world we live in, we start talking about receiving the love of the Father. Mm-hmm. Many of us back away like, oh, man, I know what that's like. I don't like it. Mm. But what's so cool is when you do get to the place where you're like, I, I need the love of God the Father in my life. He reforms that in our lives. That's good. The view of a father. And as far as spiritual formation goes, I think recognizing our need for God obviously is one. But then getting to that place of receiving, I need you, God. And we proclaim that. And right followed right behind that is I receive your love. And along with receiving his love comes forgiveness. Like when we repent of what we're wrong for, right? God, forgive me. Like that's probably the next step. Mm. Wouldn't you say like we receive his love. God, thank you for loving me unconditionally. Will you forgive me of where I've been wrong? Mm -hmm. And kind of coming down to baseline truth. Yeah where we just go, forgive me of these things, where I've been wrong and I've lived the wrong life. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really interesting. And I think that, you know, even like if we take this to forgiveness and the next sort of thought, you know, they all are so intertwined, you know, like you want to neatly, ca- or I should say, I want to neatly categorize yeah. it, but I can see <laughs> how, you know, even the like recognizing God's love for me brings me to a place to, to even wanting to take inventory, right. like to even wanting to face the truth. And mm-hmm. then, you know, even taking that a step further, you know, wanting and desiring to be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so, you know, I think it's cool to see how they're, they're constantly intertwined. And, and I think that what brings me hope in that is that it's not like this is this, you know, it certainly is a one time thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a kickstarting point. There's sure. a time of where this sort of starts in, in each one of our lives. But then it's like this thing that continues to happen and continues to, you know, go on being Christian now, you know, for the past 10 years. It just is you know, it's, it's full of peaks and valleys. Yeah. And I think that, you know, in the times where it can get low, being reminded that, you know, all this stuff is constantly at play where, you know, this, this need to take inventory and to, to be reassured in love and mm-hmm. to, you know, come to God in forgiveness is something that, you know, we continue to practice in this journey of life. And, and to me, that just brings such great hope. And so, yeah. you know, I, I just, I'm, you know, as we play out this taking inventory further and further, I just, you know, I'm encouraged by being a part of it, Mm -hmm. you know, even, even a decade into this. Well, and I think you're right too. A lot of times it's his love that woos us into recognizing our need for him. Mm -hmm. His love draws us in and, and we get to a place where we recognize how bad we need him. And then we openly receive his love. And the Bible says that at that moment, we receive God's Spirit. That's where the, we talk about the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We receive God's Spirit in our life that begins to empower us. And I know we'll, we'll talk about planting seeds here in one of the upcoming episodes. Mm-hmm. But that's when He empowers us as we plant seeds to live out a new life. Where we don't keep repeating the same bad behaviors. Sure. And His Spirit, His love, we receive His love. He comes into our lives and he begins to empower us that doesn't mean we won't make mistakes Mm -hmm. but it means that he starts putting us on a path with the power to overcome those things that's good so i think that's um taking inventory receiving his love are two of the really key elements to getting this life of christ started you want to talk about forgiveness next talk about forgiveness next Thank you for listening to today's podcast. This will be a multiple part series on our spiritual formation core. Uh, We intend to flush out each of these elements, taking inventory, planting seeds, and believing the best. Um, If you have any questions, feel free to email us um, or check out our website, coastcitychurch.com. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.